Hello and welcome. You're listening to Everywhere Was College Park. I'm your host, Enjoy, and welcome to this week's episode. It has been a while since our last episode, but I want you to know that things have been going on in the background. I've become very in tune with meditating and using stones and gemstones and crystals to really aid me in my meditation. And I began to open up my chakras. So I've been really into meditating these past few weeks. And it's just taken me on a new spiritual journey awareness. And I hope to create a podcast solely based off of meditation and really opening up your chakras and learning how to use stones to your advantage because all of the information that I got came from the global minority perspective and I wanted to create a podcast that speaks to people of color and I just couldn't find one so I thought hey why not start one but that will be coming in the fall once we record a few episodes see how it goes if you're interested I will definitely put a link up and we can discuss that at a later time currently for everywhere where everywhere is College Park this week's episode there's a lot been going on in politics mostly because of the Trump administration there's a lot of things going on with him but What's really been talk of the town these last few weeks were the tariffs that Trump is imposing. So Trump thinks for some reason in his mind that trade wars are a thing, that this is something that everybody should be participating in. This is something the United States should start because trade wars are a good thing. I don't know who told him this. This is honestly something I think he just made up in his head. So he starts a trade war and what he does is he imposes tariffs, which is another word for taxes. He po- he imposes tariffs on China, Canada, Mexico, um, basically every country that we possibly could trade with on a large scale. The funny thing is these tariffs are on things that a lot of Chinese exports buy. So we're talking about, we are talking about metal, steel, food, pork, soybeans, milk, cheese that the country exports out to foreign countries. But as a result, these foreign countries have retaliated and put tariffs on our country, right? So it's costing us more to send things that way, number one. Number two, these countries aren't going to accept something um, that they have to pay more for. So that's where the retaliation came from. It hasn't been working for anybody. So these farmers voted for Trump, right? And they still support him. And even though they still say those things, if he expands these tariffs, they know that it could put farmers out of business. That's something that I don't understand. These people voted for him. They still support him. But they know if he continues with these tariffs, everybody's going to be out of business. But the agricultural field doesn't just stay in agriculture. It affects just about every sector of business you can think about. So to be a little bit more specific, Trump imposed 25% tariffs on steel imports, which farmers use on a daily basis, right? So they use that for their equipment. They use it to help with their feed. I mean, they don't put metal in the feed, but... Mostly use it for equipment, which needs maintenance. 
around the clock every time of, you know, any time of year. So they put tariffs on that. China re retaliates by imposing tariffs again on the soybeans. And since then, the prices have dropped in the U.S. And it's almost like, um, one article I was reading said that for every 10% that the tariffs... No, they lose... The farmers lose 10% of their revenue for every dollar. For every dollar that's lowered on soybeans. They lose 10% of their income. So how exactly is this helping? How is this making America great again? But I guess the damage is already done because... Farmers have organized, they have associations, powerful ones, they've lobbied. Um, Trump knows that this is part of the audience that got him elected. And finally, when they shouted and rang loud enough, they, at first, they said it fell on deaf ears. But now Trump this week has just said that he is going to impose a... 12 billion dollar relief aid to farmers and how exactly is he going to do that well he's going to said he's going to borrow from the treasury right he's going to use that money to pay the farmers who have lost either land or revenue from these tariffs and then the usda plans to buy the excess food that wasn't purchased right from from whatever markets but that's that's not what they wanted first of all who wants to be dependent on government handouts, okay? That's not what they want. They want free markets and free trade. That's how they make their living, by trading with other countries. How about you just get rid of the tariffs? Well, just Wednesday, so just yesterday, he put a news, I don't know what you want to call it, but he put a message out there saying that he was going to meet with the European Union and try to get rid of tariffs altogether. This is the same man who said that a tariff war or a trade war is good for the economy. But clearly it's not because people are losing jobs. So I was listening to Joe Madison. One man who's a corn farmer, he's black, said that for every 10 cents that these corn tariffs, that these tariffs on corn goes up, he loses $20,000. He said that in November, when he pays his note, the banks don't care about his revenue. They don't care about the tariffs. They don't care about the trade war. If he does not have his money by November, they will take his land. And I imagine that's the situation with a lot of corn farmers. He, he broke the math down, and I'm not even going to verbatim what he said, but it, it calculated out to these tariffs are causing negative income. For, this is just corn that we're talking about. I'm, I haven't even gotten to soybeans. He said he has so much land with so many barrels of corn. Nobody's buying the corn. It's too expensive. Um, and in the United States, the prices of corn is just going down. So he has excess, number one, and then the markets that he usually sells to aren't buying because now of these tariffs. So he said he was going to sign up for that aid that Trump was talking about, but that's, that doesn't help in the long term. And the administration has said that. They said this is a short-term fix until we figure out a long-term solution. Again, just...
get rid of the tariffs and find another way to punish China for using our intellectual property. Right? And I just want to make it clear that this is the $12 billion for relief aid that Trump is, is uh, proposing only caters to like the soybeans and the corns, like the tariffs that the other countries have put on directly. He isn't trying to give any relief aid to the fish industry, to the uh, chicken industry. Um, I think this beef does qualify as, as one of the markets that were hurt. But think about the fish and poultry industry. They're just as big as any other uh, food industry. The aid wasn't offered to them and they are also suffering. But these tariffs don't just hurt, again, the agricultural the agriculture industry, it hurts the agricultural equipment industry, transport, energy, financial, healthcare, plastic, metals, electronics, cars, rubber, steel, aluminum. I mean, just about anything that you think you would need for farming supplies. And then I'm not even going to get into the workers, the veterinarians, the feed, the amounts of water. You know, if you can't afford to even sell your crops, you can't afford any of those other things. And again, he's putting tariffs on steel as well. Like, he, he really just wants us all to go broke, right? So another farmer called into Joe Madison's show on Sirius XM. And she was literally crying about how these, not just the tariffs that she has to worry about now, but she said that these ICE raids are deporting all of her workers. And she said that a lot of her workers to get ahead of the ICE raids are just leaving. They're just leaving town. They're not staying. They're not going to just sit here and live in fear. So she said a vast majority of her workers have left making, you know, a thousand acre farm basically unmanageable because over a dozen or so or so of her workers left and she can't find anybody to replace them. I don't think people really realize how much immigrant farmers or workers really mean to this country. I just saw a video clip of a farmer, a farm owner, he was a white man, saying how at first he was reluctant to hire immigrants, but traditionally farm land in the United States used to be a whole family tradition. Like everybody did it in the family. That's why you had so many kids because they would all work on the farm. That's literally why one family had 10, 11, 12 kids because they would all work on the farm. Times have changed. For some reason, children don't want to work on farms anymore. They want to go to college and do other things. And the local town people don't want to work on the farms either. So they've had to rely on immigrant workers and it's worked it's a model that's been working for them and the immigrants want to work there and um with these raids coming in it's just leaving a lot of hostility a lot of fear people just don't know it's too ambiguous we don't know what's going on right and who who wants to live in fear like that so let me just give you some numbers okay According to the Atlantic, so 51% of dairy farmers are immigrants. Of those people, 
three-fourths of whom are undocumented, okay? There was a whole article in The Atlantic that I'm referencing that kind of featured a dairy farm in Wisconsin. And just, if you may or may not know, Wisconsin is basically the dairy and cheese capital in this country, right? They're the number one producer of cheese and the number two producer of milk. The Atlantic did a whole article on dairy farming and kind of alluded to, well, who's milking your cows? Because the article claimed that the entire state of Wisconsin is losing about 10 dairy farms a week due to uh, collapsed milk prices and labor shortage. Again, like I just discussed, people are leaving the farms. These workers who come here to work from different countries, they are leaving. Um, and again, there's already been a hard recruiting problem to recruit people to work on farms to begin with. There's also the article in The Atlantic highlighted a documentary called Los Lecheros, and it features a family who opted to flee the United States in fear to get ahead of the ice raids. And it, it talks about how the children were born in the United States, but the parents who came here to work are just living in so much fear that they, they just couldn't take it anymore. They said, we're just gonna go back to Mexico. We may not have as much money as we do here in the United States, but at least we'll be together. And we just, we just can't live in this fear anymore. And since, since the zero tolerance policy or since Trump has been in office, um, there's been a number of stories of ICE raids. There's probably more that we're not hearing about, but the ones that I've made, at least national news, are, so there was an ICE raid farm in upstate New York. There was an ICE raid at a dairy farm in New York as well. There were over 190 people total arrested in Georgia and the Carolinas just from raids. There was a whole neighborhood in Atlanta um, that gets uh, harassed by ICE quite often, and it's a predominantly Hispanic area in Atlanta. And Atlanta's supposed to be a sanctuary city, so keep that in mind. There's been an ICE raid in a concrete plant in Iowa with 32 arrests, 146 arrests at a meat supply plant in Ohio, and then another Ohio ICE raid at a garden that arrested over... Um, a couple of dozen. So those are the ones that I know about. I'm sure there are more that haven't been reported or people just don't know. But I just want to bring this up that with all these raids, right, especially at farming plants, or not farming plants, meat plants, and these farming sites, picking your food, you have to think about these people working in places where you get your food from. So there's not enough people already to pick to tend to these animals, to milk the cows, to to do any of those things. The government is trying to scare people to come from coming in and helping with the farms. And they're also trying harassing people who are already on the farms working, not bothering anybody, just working. Think of the effect that that's gonna have on our food supply, what we eat, is our food being expected, expected well, is it being taken care of, are they being washed, how are they being picked, who's picking them, who's milking these cows, nobody thinks about stuff like that. So I just want to give you food for thought of how we all are a part of a 
bigger ecosystem even though we're raised as individuals we're all somehow connected the food that we eat the clothes that go on our backs they came from somewhere somebody made them i think sometimes we need to stop and think about who and why and where is it coming from again immigrants are people too and with the climate that's going on i i wouldn't be too far off if i hadn't or I, I'd be lying if I if I didn't say that I thought about what it would take to either go to Canada. I speak Spanish, so we can go to a Latin country. But with the way things are going, it seems like everybody needs some kind of escape plan, at least thought about. But I do want to leave on a good note. The Republicans are trying to get some immigration small bills through to and you know family separation to get uh, migrant workers to stay there are some things going on to help with this problem it's just not advertised as much or said in the media but for now i just want everybody to think about everything that's going on and how it's interconnected and how if you don't like what's going on there are things we can do about it and the, probably the most powerful thing you can do about it is vote in November. And with that said, this is Enjoy, your host for Everywhere is College Park, and I'm signing off. This episode was written, produced, and edited by Anne.